So, once we kidnap Super Cop, then what? Tiny surgery. I'd like to take his his face off. Yes. If you excuse me, I have to use the little voice. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Rotten Pea, a podcast all about friends watching movies that you absolutely should have already seen at this point. My name is Zach. I'm here with two of my best friends and one uh, acquaintance. I wonder who's who. I'm Scott. I'm Tyler, and I'm certainly one of the two best friends. I'm probably the acquaintance. (laughs) I'm Jake. I don't know. I don't know where I stand. <laughs> he looked right at me when he said one acquaintance. <laughs> but I am directly across from him. Anyways, uh, we uh, this week we're doing uh, a movie that is very near and dear to all of our hearts. <laughs> Face Off, the John Woo classic. John Woo, what a uh, what a what a mensch. Am I you right? He's like Tarantino with his dialogue. It's just we yeah we're doing perfect. we're doing great directors and classics, and we figured we should just kind of keep with that trend. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we he's all part of the Wu Tang Clan, right? We all simultaneously said John Woo. He yeah. uh, he started the Wu Tang Clan. It's named after him. Got it. Yeah. And uh, this is also our second John Travolta movie we've done in what, three like weeks, two weeks yeah. or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think one was a little better than the other, but I guess you'll see this one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, John Woo uh, has had a, a interesting uh, career in American movies. I mean, he uh, had done quite a few uh, Kung Fu movies and, and became very famous for his action sequences and then got brought uh, to into American cinema with you know a few different things. Face Off being one of the early ones. Just before that, there was Broken Arrow, uh, which I'm pretty sure was also starring John Travolta. John Travolta and Christian Slater. Christian Slater, yeah. Uh, and then just after Face Face Off got uh, contracted for Mission Impossible Two, and I got to be honest. This movie and face and Mission Impossible Two are indistinguishable from each other to me, except for uh, how in this movie they take off each other's faces. <laughs> That's probably the only uh, scene difference. that gives it away. I yeah. haven't seen Mission Impossible Two, but I just assumed that that was a hallmark of John Woo. I thought that was going to come in every John Woo in movie. every movie. Well, the I mean, have, to have their faces off throughout Mission Impossible 2, it is a big thing that the protagonist and the antagonist are exchanging faces the entire time. It's just with masks rather than surgery. It's been so long since I've seen it, I completely forgot that that was a plot point. But you remember now that I I've do said it. now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you're like, except for this. I'm like, ah, that was in the movie too. <laughs> so John was like, all right, like I really want to approach this differently. Like when they're just like, no, just do face off. <laughs> but, but in Mission the world but of with, Mission Impossible. But with Tom Cruise. We just want you to do the same thing. <laughs> he wanted to approach it differently. He thought it was revolutionary that they were using masks instead of surgery. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a different movie. There's no surgery. 
Well, uh, this movie, like we said, was directed by John Woo. It was written by Mike Webb and Michael Collery as a spec script, and they shopped it around uh, from 1990 to 1990, I guess, like six when this was made and, and released in 97. Uh, it did $245 million in the box office on an $80 million budget. Mm. So, okay, ROI, but not great. Not great, especially compared to Pulp Fiction, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, this, the other guys gave this a 92%. That's wild. It should have been higher. (laughs) (laughs) This is is a masterpiece. And, uh, IMDB gave it a 7.3. This, uh, this will shock you guys. Uh, at the Academy Awards, it won nothing. What? (laughs) But, but it did win an MTV movie award. It did win an MTV movie award for best action scene. That's really all I. What about the about. amazing score? Uh, it did not, although it was nominated for best sound editing, mm. Mm. Um, and it uh, got a, another a, a Saturn Award, which I had never heard of before. Um, but uh, Mike Webb and Michael Collery won a, a Saturn Award for best writing that year. Wow! Was the uh, the MTV Movie Award for best movie with a face swap? <laughs> It was. How Maybe you that's know? why we've never heard of a Saturn Award because they give away awards to things like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no. <laughs> well, uh, Zach, you nominated this movie. Tell us why and what you think about it. Um, yeah, I don't. I can't say that I like this movie. Um, <laughs> I mainly just. I I saw this about a year ago, and I knew as soon as that we uh, decided to do this podcast, I knew that. I'd need to nominate this movie at some point because we would just have to talk about it. And uh, I just wanted to show it to the people who had never seen it before because it's so crazy and weird and I can't believe that it was ever made. Uh, and it's one of those movies that a lot of people seem to really love. I mean, it has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I feel like it does kind of fit the uh, the movies that you absolutely should have seen. Was that the critic score or the uh, the fan score? It's the aggregated. Got it. Real quick, while we're on the topic of ratings, um, I just want to go through some of the movies that we've done that, according to Rotten Tomatoes, is worse than Face Off. Okay, yeah, let's do it. So the first one is A Few Good Men. Sounds right. Worse than Face Off. Okay, that's (laughs) our highest rated one, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Dead Poet Society. Oh, so already, Tyler, your two favorite movies favorite movies of all time. Well, Dead Poet Society didn't have, like... Face swaps. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, none of them have. None of the movies we have so far. So, And that's why they're if all you're going by that logic, yeah. Green Mile. Mm. Okay. Stand By Me. Mm. Wow. Scott, you'll be happy to hear There Will Be Blood. <laughs> yeah, nice. Actually, no. I, this is this worse is, than There Will Be Blood. This is <laughs> I like how you can't bring yourself to say that There Will Be Blood is better. No, I will be rating this worse than There Will Be Blood. I think we all will. <laughs> well, I know you guys will. Braveheart's the, the next one. Is this every mm. movie we've done? Like, except well, for it's, like Zach's three. just picking the I movie. Know, this is crazy. And I'm, I'm ignoring the ones like Steve Zissou that's like kind of no-brainer. Yeah, obviously. You know? um, the last one that was surprising was Pulp Fiction. Wow. <sighs> yeah, it. Uh, I think Pulp Fiction was a 91%. It on... just barely beat it. The only movie uh, that has a higher Rotten Tomato score is um, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> You're lying to me, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Back to the Future does. 
Back to the Future is rated higher than this because it's a yeah. 96, I think. How do you feel about that, Jake? I mean, Back to the Future is definitely better than this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, you said it's a no-brainer that it was better than Steve Zizou. I, I don't know that I agree. That yeah, that's a no-brainer. I definitely don't agree, but we also it's a no-brainer that Steve Zissou was not rated a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right, yeah. right. It was not uh, super widely appreciated. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, thanks a lot, I guess, for nominating this. Uh, Scott, you've seen this movie before. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all he has to say. I, yeah, I mean, I thought I remembered liking it more than I liked it this time. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, how old were you when you first saw it? I was probably nine. Yeah. Just like a Saturday morning. Saturday morning. You watched this movie when you were nine? I would guess around there, nine or 10, yeah. I probably watched this around 10 or 11. Wow. Yeah, and I've only ever seen it once before this, and it was on TV, so it was edited. Mm, True. I think I've seen it twice before this. I remember the first time I saw it, I I also saw it with my dad, um, not in my underwear and not on a Saturday morning. Um, But it was on TV. My dad was watching it. I came into the room and just sat down and watched it with him. And I I thought it was a really fun time. And then I saw it years later. Um, I was up late at night watching movies. I was probably 17 and uh, it was on HBO. And so I just watched it and I was like, yeah, not bad, not bad, you know, uh, but it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's so funny. Zach, uh, Zach, uh, a while ago, maybe, w- do you think it was a year ago? It was probably about a year ago, yeah. Zach texts me and he was like, hey, they're making a new uh, face-off movie, so I want to see the original. Is it good? And I said, yeah, you should definitely see it. And he texted me the next day. He's like, that was a terrible movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 well, I mean... Yeah, but for 97, it was like, that was what movies in 1997 were like. I mean, have you seen Speed? I haven't. I want to. Oh, that means oh well, that list, that's yeah. way more of an actual movie you should have seen. It more looks than way more off. fun than this. I don't know that that's how movies in 97 were. Didn't like Saving Private Ryan come out in 99? Like there were good movies Maybe, in the nineties, right? For sure, but this wasn't. This was not like uh, like there. You know, there are two types of movies. There's summer blockbusters, and then there's like movies that come out later in the year that are f- like going for awards. This was not a movie so that by was like trying to be nineties summer blockbuster standards. Yeah, this was pretty par for the course. Yeah, even though twenty years earlier we had Jaws. Yeah, that well that created the summer blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. this movie wasn't going for awards. No. Well, it cleaned house at MTV. I mean, best acting for sure. <laughs> and writing, you know. Jake, uh, you are a late bloomer. What do you think of this movie? Yeah, you know, I on it, like I thought it was going to be awful and I wasn't disappointed, but I mean, actually I kind of was because like it was it was bad in a way that I couldn't enjoy. Like at first I was like, I'm kind of on board with this. Like it's so stupid. It's so weird. And then then there were two more hours of the movie. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I can't. So after 15 minutes, you were checked out? I mean, pretty much like 15 minutes after they swapped faces. And <laughs> yeah. then I was like, okay, this is this is ridiculous. And then after that, I was like, I think they should wrap this up. For the first half of it this time, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, this is more enjoyable than I remember it being. I'm kind of into this. And then it hits this this spot. And it's from there on out. It's just like, I'm so ready for this movie to be finished. It's really like the point when uh, when 
Nick Cage, I'm jumping ahead a little bit into the play-by-play, but it's the point when Nick Cage meets, uh, well, I guess when, I, we can't use the actors' names, it's when Sean Archer meets uh, Caster Pollux's son. Mm. That from like that point, it's just like, oh man, yeah. wrap it up already. Like, yeah. Or maybe when he, uh, when uh, Pollux kills the main FBI, the head of the FBI or whatever, that that might have been the point that it, for, for me, me it's when when Sean as Caster Troy escapes from the prison. Oh, that's really early. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I feel like because at that point you you kind of know the direction it's going. Yeah, the show you just, just went know, to the face off right then. Yeah, you know that he's on his way to kill him, and it's going to happen. Well, uh, let's jump into the play by play a little bit. Uh, Zach, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Um, so we have. Which I, I actually remember thinking to myself, and I don't know if they establish it in the movie. Uh, I don't know why uh, Caster Troy already has some vendetta against Sean Archer, but Sean Archer is a cop, and he's on this carousel with his son. And Caster Troy is this villain. Uh, looks an awful lot like Borat. And by the way, John Travolta is playing Sean Archer, and Nick Cage is playing Caster Troy for a while. For a while, and Caster Troy is setting up uh, like a sniper rifle. And he just shoots Sean while he's on the carousel. And it, it goes through him and goes through his son as well and kills his son. His son's like six or something. Well, there's a very important shot in there that you missed that <laughs> when we were seeing the setup, we saw Nick Cage just take a drink of his soda. Twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two yeah. times. Yeah, he, just he's like sipping, zoom in on he's his He's using mouth. a straw. Yeah. And he had a great mustache. But why was he trying to kill Sean? I think just because he, Sean was on his case. And so he was just trying to eliminate the cop that was... So they have a hard a time for him. They have a history. Yeah. 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 So he kills Sean's son. And then we flash forward, I want to say six years yeah, or so. Six yeah. years. And uh, we're kind of dropped right into the middle of like a new assignment. And Sean and his team, Sean's in the FBI, I believe, right? And um, they're trying to track down Pollux. Pollux Troy is Castor's brother, um, who uh, they are in the middle of planning a bomb in the LA Convention Center. And uh, LA. John Travolta, you know he's an important guy because he's saying important things like they can brand the Fourth Amendment on my ass after this, and then he hangs up the phone. Actually, specifically, he says, "But oh, they can you, <laughs> after this is over, you can brand the Fourth Amendment on my butt." And it was just like, oh, "All right, well, <laughs> yeah." It was just it was it was more forced than actual cursing. Yeah, so they, I right then I was like, "He's a big deal." You know, he's hanging up phones. He's talking about the fourth <laughs> he's amendment. hanging up phones. You know, I, that's all it takes. I just want to stop uh, real quick to just point out that what, what kind of terrible mother names her kids Castor and Pollux? Yeah, they didn't really have a chance to not be criminals. <laughs> 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 yeah, seriously. Like, I mean, you know. It's because they already had a first name as their last name. Troy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean. It, Castor and Pollux are the two children that were raised by a wolf in Roman <laughs> legend. They were the like the the founders of Rome. I think that they're Romulus and Remus. Oh, Romulus and Remus. Castor and Pollux. They were also. It's also Roman mythology. I don't know, but I know this: Troy Castor and Troy Pollux sound like more real names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Troy Castor <laughs> for sure does. <laughs> Regardless, uh, <laughs> they're planning a bomb in the LA Convention Center. And uh, uh, Castor is uh, 
a father or a pope. Or a pope uh, <laughs> He's a dressed as, yeah, like a priest. That was probably one of my favorite scenes. Uh, He's, he, not, not that it matters, but real quick. Castor and Pollux were twin half-brothers in Greek and Roman mythology. Uh, Pollux asked Zeus to let him share his own immortality with his twin to keep them together, and they were transformed into the constellation Gemini. Mm. Anyway. That's bizarre to all over the movie, actually. This, yeah, kind of. I mean, kind of. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, it's okay. Yeah, they're in the LA Convention Center, and um, and Caster has just, like, set the bomb off. And, well, like, set, set it the to... timer. Yes, yeah, set the timer. Such a long timer. For the 18th. Yeah. Yeah, it must have been, like, the previous month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. There was like there was like digits into the hundreds. There was over two hundred and sixty hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he so starts at least ten days. He starts dancing around. He's wearing this priest outfit. He walks downstairs, and for some reason, there's this choir that's just singing hallelujah. Um, and he like gets in front of him and starts rocking out like he's like head banging to like metal music, and like full on, like completely bent over, just shaking his head around. Yeah, and then and he, he goes just walks up, up to the choir. Yeah, and he's and he joins and he starts singing with them, and then he gropes one of the choir girls, and uh, no one better than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they don't even stop singing or anything, and uh, <laughs> and he just leaves. End and, of scene. Yeah, and I feel like they have like the whole movie. They're trying to make him look like a cool guy, and I just I didn't never think he was a cool guy. You're you know actually I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> you are our expert on cool guys. Yeah, I was thinking like so we get like his cool guy entrance in the next scene where they're going up to the private plane. That's right. Yeah. And he's like he's got he's got his duster whipping in the wind and this awful like it, it was the worst cool guy entrance I've ever seen, but mm-hmm. I was like we're yes, really his henchman take his jacket off for him. He stops and he ties his brother's shoes. Um <laughs> like it's the worst cool guy entrance I've ever seen. Can we just say can we just point out how just generally creepy Pollux is. He's super creepy. Like he's, I, I, I feel uncomfortable every time he's on screen. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like in that scene, like, so then they get on the plane and, uh, he, uh, uh, caster is, you know, coming on to the, to the flight attendant. And he says, uh, if I l- let you suck my tongue, would you be grateful? And Pollux goes, Oh, <laughs> as he's just like staring. It was just like, Oh, good I was Lord. So shocked that Nick Cage was being portrayed as a ladies man. Like I couldn't think of anybody <laughs> less likely, especially with like the haircut they gave him. It was awful. And, and the like, personality they gave him. Yeah. I don't think they gave him that personality. I think Nick he was Cage. just Nick Cage. <laughs> you don't think he was acting? No. I think that John Travolta was just trying to act like Nick Cage. Yeah, John Travolta, I mean, I guess we're jumping in. He does a way better Nick Cage than Nick Cage does a John Travolta. Oh, yeah. Also, that FBI agent is committed to her job. She straight sucked on his time. <laughs> yeah, so the... Uh, she the, deserves an award. The flight yeah. attendant who you guys were mentioning started making out with Caster Troy turns out to be an FBI agent. And so they take off and that's how they, uh, that's how Sean and his team get there right away. And just start chasing them while they're going down the the runway. In the just plane. a long, long runway. Mm-hmm. And so Caster realizes this, grabs the FBI agent, the flight attendant, holds her outside, and then shoots her right through the head and drops her body. And then he kind of just does like a shrug, like this, like, whoops, <laughs> <laughs> as he's staring right into Sean Archer's eyes, and it gets Sean's blood boiling. Yeah. To the point where he gets out of his car and gets in a helicopter <laughs> and then continues to chase this plane down. Yeah. On once again, 
to underscore Jake's point, the longest runway also, ever. Why is this plane not picking up speed? Well, I think, yeah, exactly. Was the pilot also an FBI agent? Like, was he it trying to It seemed like not? he was very reluctant to help Caster Troy. But then he put a gun to his head. Yeah. And then he still wasn't getting up in the air. He still wasn't. Well, well, I think he was that hoping point, that he was not going to be stuck in the air with a crazy murderer. Well, and then remember, Sean Archer shoots one of the engines and it blows up. And then Caster's like, why aren't we flying? And the guy's like, we have an issue. And then sh Caster shoots him. And then just takes the plane into his own hands. But he doesn't like sit in the seat or he's move. Like he's just like one hand, one hand on the on the controls, and he flies it right into. Well, yeah, I like how uh, also about this airport. Like John Woo just didn't bother trying to like you know make it be something. Did you guys see the name of the airport? Uh -uh. It was no. the International Southern California Airport. That's not a real thing. No, it's LAX. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why they couldn't have just used LAX. <laughs> yeah, is there an issue with that or something? I bet. I'm. I would guess so. I would guess that they Somewhere tried to get LAX, and LAX was like, "Nah, you can film here, <laughs> but you can't use our logo anywhere." And that hangar blows up nine times. I want to say, like, we get so many shots of that hangar blowing up. Oh yeah, angles, angles, angles. I guess it's just because it was expensive. But this movie could have been 15 minutes shorter if we would have just seen one thing of everything blowing up. True, but that's a very like uh it's a very like John Woo, Michael Bay, like it's just a very like like summer action movie. Yeah, like, look at all these angles. Yeah, it's it's like anytime there's an action sequence, you want to show it from five different angles. Like like an instant replay, sports instant replay kind of a feel. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you, but it's just I mean, it looks terrible now. It looks so outdated now. I mean, did you see the new Bad Boys movie? Because they do that, all the same stuff. <laughs> you guys know I haven't seen a single Bad Boys movie. Yeah, I feel like we might have to fix that soon. You've been you've been threatening that for a while. Yeah, I just want to save it for like someday that you make me really unhappy. <laughs> so uh, I feel like you are gonna dislike you've disliked Face Off way more than he's gonna dislike Bad Boys. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the the our antagonist and protagonist sean and and caster get into a fight a gunfight that ends with caster troy's death and uh so now they or so we think or or so we think it but or so sean thinks it yeah. ends with his death and one of my big issues with this whole movie it starts immediately is that like john travolta nick cage they both are just like deadly accurate until they're shooting each other yeah and then they just miss <laughs> yeah. every shot but they kill everybody else. Mm -hmm. It's just because each of them are so skilled at dodging bullets. Yeah. They're so evasive. I mean, do you see the crazy flips that they do? Yeah. yeah. As they're shooting everyone else. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> they're doing barrel rolls through the air, firing With two point accuracy, firing two guns. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they now have to figure out how to get the information out of Pollux where the bomb is located. And uh, they uh, they concoct this idea that uh, they revealed to, to Archer that Caster's still alive. Well, even before that point, they start interrogating all of Caster's cronies, yeah, like all his like villain friends, yeah. And they bring in a bunch of different people, and one of the guys, his name's Dietrich or something like that. This bald dude, uh, Caster's trying to to interrogate him, and he's saying like, 
your your prints are all over this. Like this reeks of you. I know you're involved in this. And he's basically just like, yeah, you got nothing on me. Like, what are you going to do? Normal cop interrogation exactly. in a movie. And he, I don't even remember what else Sean says, but he, he gets to the point and then uh, Dietrich just says like, hey, what does he say? How's your dead <laughs> son's son? And then yeah. he just starts. How's your dead son? He just starts busting up. And he screams laughing. That's just, it's a real singer. Like, that's the best put down there is. <laughs> we almost used that audio clip to open up our episode. Uh, and so, yeah, so they, uh, the, the interrogation goes nowhere, though. And so they concoct this idea to. They get the date out of Dietrich, correct? But they, they still do. don't know. They know that he it's going to be on July 18th. After he has the dead son coming and he holds the gun to him, he mm-hmm. tells him the 18th. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but they concoct, the FBI concocts this idea to transplant uh, Castor Pollux's face onto Sean Archer's face. And then I love his reaction. He's like, you're asking me to break the law? Betray <laughs> the trust of everyone I love? And then one other thing? I'll do it. <laughs> but like, even before, I forgot to mention this, but like, he like I didn't realize he had another daughter or he had a daughter and a wife because like in the standoff he's like I don't care if I live you do <laughs> and then and then it's like oh you have a daughter and a wife <laughs> like you have a lot to live for still yeah. apparently not apparently not not to him he was just overcome by grief you know it's been six years you know <laughs> and, and just enjoy your daughter and your and your wife yeah yeah. No, he's definitely super unhealthy. Like Sean Archer is probably more messed up than Caster Troy is. Well, yeah, I mean, foreshadow or going a little bit way into the future of the movie when he has the other guy's son, and he like has like a breakdown, like and he starts <laughs> calling him by his son's name. Yeah, like Michael, Michael, yeah. like a break in reality. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, to be fair, he was on a lot of drugs at the time. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, so uh. Th- Archer finally agrees. They uh, transplant his face, and this is going to be a black bag operation, and no one's going to know about it except these two FBI agents and the doctor who performs the surgery, which just seems like not how law enforcement works Also, at there all. was for sure at least four or five like nurse assistants that were helping him. Right, yeah. <laughs> but they didn't really know what was going on. Yeah, they were just, yeah. they're, they're just techs, you know? Got it. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, he goes into the to the prison and ends up uh, convincing Pollux that he is Castor Troy mm-hmm. and gets Pollux to reveal the location of the bomb. It like, was so easy. Like, in like right thirty away. seconds. Yeah. yeah, like like Pollux goes from paranoid that, that it's not really him, which I don't know why he would be. If we would have treated this movie like they treated that conversation, it wouldn't have taken so long. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for all of the dragging out yeah. of other things, that advanced like, really quickly. That could have been a really cool like extended part of the movie <laughs> and get rid of all the other stupid stuff that we didn't need. Yeah. But even before that happens, like pretty much right away when he walks in as Caster Troy, he gets jumped by this other inmate. And uh, they get into a fight, and then he asks, Caster Troy asks Pollux, like, why is he so upset with me? And he's like, you don't remember? You had a sex sandwich with his wife and sister. <laughs> Which just, like, one, I hate that they use that term. <laughs> but and then also just adds to the creepiness of Pollux, because oh, he like, yeah. has this big smirk on his face oh, the entire yeah. time, and it's just very disconcerting. Yeah, Pollux is definitely very, uh, like, he, he's got some, he's got bigger mental issues than his big brother. Pretty much everyone in this movie has very unhealthy mental issues. <laughs> this, so we, what you're saying is we should have done this movie during Mental Health Awareness Month? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. What month is that? 
I don't know. <laughs> They're not very good at advertising. <laughs> it could be this month. It could be. <laughs> Maybe we're there. Uh, so anyways, he gets in. He gets the information. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, the real Castor, Castor Troy wakes up. With no face. With no face. And he sees his face. He sees Sean Archer's face just kind of like floating in this like sterile water. And he just starts <laughs> screaming and then calls his cronies to find the uh, the doctor who who did the uh, surgery. And then he just starts smoking a cigarette. Yeah, he has the <laughs> most wild reaction. With no face. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he didn't have lips. I don't know how he was keeping his mouth. And he's it's touching cheap. his face too. He's touching his skinless face. Yeah, like yeah. I wouldn't want to do any of the things that he did, but like immediately, like if I wake up with a breathing tube in my nose and bandages all over my face, <laughs> I'm not going to pull those things off. Yeah, but that's the first thing he does. Yeah, I would call for a nurse. I'd be like, help, you know? Uh, it's just kind of crazy that he's there alone and he's alive. Well, he they presumed him to be in a coma. Like a vegetable almost. But yeah, still, there like should that. be people on site. Yeah, there was also the treatment that they had of somebody in a coma where she, he's like, why is he still alive? And then she's like, come on, he's a vegetable, the other FBI agent. And she puts a cigarette out on him. Just her sleeping coma patient. <laughs> Wait, what was oh, this? Yes. You don't remember, like, you don't so remember that? When, when they, they first, first showed yeah. him? This is in the movie? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember that part. When, yeah. they, when she first takes Archer in to show him that Pollux is still alive, uh, she's like, he's a vegetable and puts a lit cigarette out on his arm. I don't remember that part. Yeah. This is not not very ethical treatment of a prisoner or of a coma <laughs> patient, you know. Even the uh, even the secondary characters are very have very unhealthy tendencies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, anyways, Caster Troy, um, they uh, they do the surgery. He gets Sean Archer's face now on his body, which apparently they're not because when they were doing Sean Archer's procedure, they were making modifications to his entire body. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that they did that too. Well, I, I I mean, not major modifications. It was just the only thing they did to his body was like uh, took off his hair love implants and took off his love handles. Yeah. yeah, like it was like plastic surgery, like just very basic. So, do you like, think they did that? Then, like, gave Castor Troy love handles? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They, like they have very different builds. Like, like oh, the difference do. in height is negligible, but like John Travolta's shoulders are like a foot wider than Nick Cage's. <laughs> you know shoulders. what's interesting too is that John Travolta's six two, right? And then um, Nick Cage is six foot. And so, according to the movie's canon, they're both 6'1". They just kind of evened it out. I would not have guessed notice. that John Travolta was taller than Nick Cage. I'm, I because could be reversing because them, Nick, but because he's so skinny. He's so skinny, yeah. He yeah. looks tall. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Uh, so, uh, uh, Caster, Pollux. Well, there's kind of a, something Caster they Pollux. made a huge deal about when John Travolta was getting his surgery and they're like, even if you like sneeze too hard, you're going to mess up this vocal implant. That's going to change your voice. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't come into play again ever until the end of the movie, until the end. But they do a lot of things that are worse than sneezing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, they all, they both scream a lot. They both scream a lot. They They even like mess with each other's necks. (laughs) Yeah. They (laughs) both fight. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so uh, Caster Troy uh, decides to surprise Sean Archer at the prison uh, and shows up as him and uh, makes it clear that he's going to just take his life and, mm-hmm. and uh, Sean Archer is going to be stuck in prison. So Sean Archer uh, decides to escape prison and uh, go after Caster. It was such a good improvised plan. Like it went off pretty much without a hitch. Like his accomplice died, but I, 
I don't think he cared that much about it. Yeah. I mean, he seemed kind of like he cared, which I don't know why. I didn't know why either. That dude just jumped him. Yeah. But in any case, he escapes uh, and finds out that this prison is just floating. Like it's just on an oil rig, mm-hmm. which I guess is a good place to put a, a top secret prison. Why not? Right? Sure. I mean, that's, I guess that's kind of what we did with... Uh uh, San Francisco. What was that one? Alcatraz. 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 I thought you were going to say with Captain America. Yeah, I did too. Yep. I, I really thought <laughs> yeah, that's where you're going America. with that. Why? That, why I can't wait. You guys think that because because Scott's obsessed Scott. with MCU like, and he brings it up on I this can't podcast. Wait till Scott says that Robert Downey Jr. should play uh, Sean. Uh, what's his name? Alex? Sean Archer. Yeah. Archer. Yeah. Actually, what I would do is I would just have Chris Evans play both, <laughs> but one is Chris Evans from present and one is Chris Evans from the past. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, the movie uh, drags on. We can pretty much wrap it up from fast forward quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. There is like just like I feel like we need to really sell it. There is so much that we're just going to glance over. And it, this it's really so inconsequential to the plot. And it feels like an eternity. <laughs> yeah. I was watching it and I was like, at one point I picked up the remote and I paused it and I was like, there's still 40 minutes. Yeah, 40? I think the next major plot point is probably uh, Nick Cage talking to his wife and telling him about the blood. I'm going to, I'm going to try to just like steam through this real quick. Um, Sean Archer as Caster Troy escapes Caster Troy as Sean Archer goes and defuses the bomb and becomes a national hero. He also, by mere look, uh, gives the director of the FBI a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> he kills the, well, he does, yeah, he does kill he does the kill him. director yeah, of the like, FBI. Like, like, they're like having a conversation and he just gives him a glare and then all of a sudden he starts grabbing all his All of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, did he give him that heart attack? <laughs> and, then he, and then later he just like hits him in the chest or something. He says, in the chest, hits him in the back of the neck to like make sure the heart attack happens. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so Caster Troy, who is actually Sean Archer, has now escaped and he uses the inmates to help him kind of break out. He reconnects with all of Caster Troy's cronies and they plan to go find Sean Archer and kill him. They meet up during the FBI director's funeral a little bit before, like Scott mentioned, the real Sean Archer as Caster Troy reconnects with Eve, Sean Archer's wife, convinces her and she does a little blood test because uh, the real Castor Troy has AB um, blood type and, and diabetes <laughs> and diabetes. Yes, and I didn't. I tried to look for it and I forgot to. But apparently, there's a, a shot where it shows like his blood type and it shows his um, hemoglobin A1C, which which measures the um, glucose, and it's like very high, mm-hmm. which he. Apparently, Caster Troy has diabetes. <laughs> you know what's crazy to me about this, and this is probably just going to be me. I don't even know my own blood type. I so don't know. I was my shocked that either. he knew his and Caster Troy's blood type. I was like, and that that she uh, that his wife also knew. And she's like, oh yeah, your blood type is definitely O negative. Or I think most people know their and their spouse blood type. Yeah, I don't, most I don't people, know but I don't know really? mine or none of you guys do. No, yeah, I couldn't even. I guess. at one point I'm, knew and I forgot. I'm O positive. It's good to know. Yeah, it's Real really good positive. to know. Yeah, that should be on a driver's license. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong. Yeah. So, anyways, he's <laughs> able to convince Eve. Jake, can you make that policy happen, please? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And so they, like you were kind of uh, getting to, they they meet up at the at old FBI directors, the the now deceased FBI directors' uh, uh, funeral, they and have a, have face a massive face off. They have Sean and Caster pointing guns at each other with the with Eve standing just directly in between them, and then the cronies come and they're all pointing guns at each other. And then some of Sean's cronies come and they're pointing. There's like <laughs> seven different people all pointing guns at each other. The craziest thing about this to me was that Eve wasn't even like really freaking out. And it makes me wonder how many times Sean has done this to her. My husband is just in somebody else's body. and <laughs> I might die. I don't know. Like, like uh, you want to be a fly on the wall at Eve's therapist's office. Yeah. <laughs> She's is... like, I got in the middle of a standoff again today. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm tired of it. <laughs> Speaking of therapy, uh, we haven't talked a whole lot about uh, Sean Archer's daughter, who is definitely going to need therapy after this because <laughs> probably her, already did her. Uh, uh, Troy, uh, Caster Troy as Sean Archer uh, makes repeated weird sexual advances on uh, Sean Archer's daughter. Yeah. Uh, and, and he licks her face. And at the end, he licks her face. He licked her entire face. Like, like chin to hairline. And it was like, like they were in the middle of a lot of things going on. And he, it was probably like a two second lick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, uh, a boat chase ensues. We glossed over that it turns out that Caster Troy has a son. Oh yeah, is that important? Do we need to talk about that? Uh, it kind of is because I mean, the end is so crazy. <laughs> the end is crazy, and it does bear talking about. Yeah, but so, he didn't even know he had the son. Yeah, yeah. Caster Troy didn't know it was his son. Um, but he never found out, right? No, yeah, he never he found no out. He had no son. clue. Uh, but he does have a son, and uh, we we talked about it a little bit the whole Mikey Michael thing that yeah, he started yeah. freaking out about. But it. his mother is one of the people that gets killed in this. She show. dies in this, and she dies in uh, Sean's arms, and says, uh, "Raise him, love him, and make sure he doesn't grow up to be like us." And, and he then, says, and he just says, "Okay." <laughs> and then she dies. There's so many points yeah. in this movie where it's just like the character should say something, but I don't know what. Just let him say like a word. <laughs> like Caster Troy's like itching around. He's like, what's wrong? Face itch. Face itch. <laughs> or he gets, he, he comes home after he broke out of prison and he just walks in. He says, home. <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently when we were doing some trivia, um, there was a plot point at one point where they were going to have Sean Archer, who at this point is Caster Troy, go and hide out at Caster Troy's mom's house. And they wanted either Elizabeth Taylor or Jack Nicholson in drag <laughs> to play Caster Troy's mom. I feel like Jack Nicholson in drag would have just been an excellent. It choice. would have been perfect. And I wonder if that's where John Travolta got the idea to do drag for Hairspray. I know that's am the so thing glad that you went there. That was my does. exact thought. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that's what made John Travolta want to do it because he just loved the idea ever since then. He'd been thinking about it for years. Yeah. Like, about such Jack a, Nicholson, a missed opportunity with Face Off. Yeah, I have to do it here. Uh, so after the the boat chase, after the shootout at the uh, okay, the, at the church, uh, there is then a boat chase, and I had like when we got to this part, every single one of you were like, "I forgot there was a boat chase," <laughs> and that was the one that won the award, wasn't it? Yeah, that I didn't forget that there was a boat chase, but I forgot that at one point, Sean Archer, who is Caster Troy, it's getting tiring having to to specify that. Yeah, falls off the boat, but he's holding on with a chain. And he's just like bouncing off the water repeatedly. They're going at like uh, who knows how fast. 
and he maneuvers his body to where he's standing up, skiing in the water on his own feet. That's a that's pulls. a thing. Is it really? Yeah, yeah I feel like you would have had to have practiced it, it before hurts. you could do it. I would assume it would hurt. Yeah, especially but you after you've it. had the crap beat out of you. I've tried it uh, unsuccessfully, but mm. uh, it it you can definitely I mean, do I it. Guess my, if you can if you can dodge bullets and my dad, I've I've watched my dad do it. Mm. So uh, the 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 boat chase though is is absolutely ludicrous. They uh, they end up wrecking the boat and flying through the air. Well, the boat, like every other vehicle in this movie, when it hits a bump just blew up. <laughs> like, I don't know what John Woo thinks car accidents look like, <laughs> but I'm surprised there's not explosions in the street everywhere in his world. I think there is. Uh, there must be. <laughs> so the boat explodes. They're flying through the air. And Jake, you pointed this out. It is super obvious that it is not those two. Yeah, actors. Well, we have face shots on the stunt doubles <laughs> and they don't even look anything like them. <laughs> Apparently they tried to digitally reinsert their faces on those stunt doubles. They just, try and just, just digitally just, face off them. Yeah, just yeah, more face exactly. offing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they did a very bad. Poor job. <laughs> yeah. Poor job. Uh, and uh, another, uh, you know, now we have a fist fight scene. And finally, Sean Archer prevails and kills Caster Troy. Not before Caster Troy does catch a harpoon as it's coming out of a harpoon gun. I mean, that's once again, like not super unrealistic. I don't think I can do it. But it's not catching the harpoon. It's just catching the mechanism uh, okay. before it shoots. He up. catches before the mechanism and then Sean kicks him in the nuts Yeah, and then he lets go and then he shoots him with the harpoon gun. And yeah. apparently originally he was just going to shoot him like with a bullet. Okay. But then John Woo quote unquote wanted him, wanted Caster to die like Jesus <laughs> by the spear. <laughs> it's, it's interesting on so many levels. It really is. <laughs> And we've kind of glossed over some trivia. Just before we get to the end of this, I want to include some trivia in that uh, some other actors that were considered to play Sean Archer and Caster Troy included Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Steven Seagal. They would have been way too old at that point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're still doing movies that they're way too old for now. So, you know, 30 years, 25 years ago. Who do you think would have been who? I like to think that Arnold Schwarzenegger would have been Sean Archer. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, I'd love to see him act those sympathetic father scenes out with the daughter. <laughs> <laughs> we also had Harrison Ford and Michael Douglas, Steven Seagal and Jean-Claude Van Damme. I like how all of these actors are significantly <laughs> older than Nick Cage and John Travolta, I presume. And then Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Yeah, even older. Like, yeah. was was uh, De Niro and Pacino supposed to do like all these crazy like stunt shooting? Like, like, was that supposed to be believable? <laughs> no like, idea. John Woo really thought that he could sell that to us. My favorite bit of trivia that I found was apparently it was John Cage's, um, or I'm sorry, Nick, Nick Cage's, Cage's birthday one day during set, and so in uh, <laughs> once they're filming one scene and they have uh, Nick Cage get really emotionally charged up for a scene, and then in instead of shooting the scene, they present him with a birthday cake, <laughs> and then Nick Cage asked John Woo to not do that ever again. <laughs> like, As if he was going to have another birthday while they're <laughs> filming this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of funny that you mentioned Michael Douglas uh, was considered as a casting. Who'd you say he was going to be opposed to? Michael Douglas. Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford. Michael Douglas ended up loving the project, uh, and so he hopped on as an executive producer for this movie. He loved this? He loved it. 
I mean, it has More a 92% to you, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, you're right. I forgot. We're, we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's 8% less than perfect. True. So uh, for some reason, the FBI has gotten caught up on the entire situation by the time they arrive. He called him Archer. That's what she says. Yeah, who called who Archer? Oh, yeah. Well, the FBI agent runs up and he was like, Mr. Archer. And he's like, what'd you call me? And then the uh, Asian FBI agent says, uh, he called you, he called you Archer. And he just like, I think passes out or or something. Uh, But they successfully uh, get uh, John Travolta his face back. Even though he was trying to scar it all up before he died. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, in, w- with advances in modern medicine and the, the type of money that the FBI has. Yeah, at the beginning they said, you know, healing on this won't take long at all because of the advancement in uh, anti-inflammatories. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, healing <laughs> takes days, not weeks. <laughs> my One of my favorite uh, dumb lines in this was when he's like, I don't need that scar by my heart anymore because he's like, with the first doctor, he was like, I want you to put it back because <laughs> yeah. it's a reminder. Yeah. And then he Which tells like the a bullet hole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he tells a completely separate doctor. He's like, I don't want that anymore. As if that doctor had any idea that he wanted <laughs> that in the first place. about his scar. And the doctor just kind of goes, okay. Okay. All right. Night, night. <laughs> <laughs> he gives him a face touch. Yeah. He, yeah, he gives him a face, him a face pat. <laughs> How many face pets were in this movie? <laughs> Too many. The face yeah. pets per minute. Significantly more than I'm going to rate it. <laughs> uh, and then uh, he gets his face back uh, on. So we have face off in the beginning, and now we have face on. Face on. And uh, he shows up with, uh, with Caster Troy's son, and he says, this is Adam, and he needs a place to live. And then he like looks at his wife like, can we keep him? <laughs> and she goes, okay. Like he didn't run that by her even no. once. No. Yeah. This was a surprise to his family. And the thing that frustrates me about these kind of movies is the family is perfect. They're back to normal. Like the daughter's not emo anymore. She's so excited for her new little brother. And, like shows him <laughs> his room. Like no mental issues anymore. Like loves her dad. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> hey dad, sorry I shot you. Yeah. <laughs> and he just face pets her and then they hug. Yeah. And- like I can completely block all the sexual advances out of my memory. No <laughs> like, I can pretend you didn't lick me. <laughs> he also just leaves that kid on the porch for all that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was saying that. Oh, man. All right. So uh, let's jump into favorite lines, favorite parts. Jake? Like, like where do you start? Um, <laughs> you know, just like so many great parts. Uh, <laughs> I think it's got to be my favorite liner is got to be, how's your dead son? Uh, yeah. Because it was just clearly hilarious. Yeah. Based off that guy's reaction. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite part is the look that gives the head of the FBI a heart attack. Oh, yeah. He just looks over and then uh, he clutches his chest. Like, I don't think John Woo was trying to make us like connect those dots, but that is exactly what his uh, directing did. If it's not actual canon, it's definitely my head canon. Oh, yeah. That he has like Darth Vader powers. Yeah, he just looks and people's hearts stop. (laughs) (laughs) Zach? There's too many great lines. I love How's Your Dead Son. I love... Excuse me, I need to go use the little boy's weeby uh. rope. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to mention that. Uh, I think my favorite part is just the first 10 minutes of this movie. Because yeah. so much happens that makes absolutely no sense. He goes but and... Wait, the other uh, like 
two hours, five minutes makes perfect sense to you? No, but it's just like okay. so quickly nothing is making sense. Like the fact that like just right off the bat, like let's have Caster Troy go and just like feel up this random choir girl mm-hmm. and then get into this plane. And like you said, the whole like <laughs> villain show off with his duster and his guns and everything and then making out with the flight attendant slash FBI agent in the shrug. <laughs> it's just so much like rapid speed nonsense is happening. Yeah, the rest of this movie is not very rapid speed. It's just it's not nearly as entertaining as the first ten minutes are. Yeah. Yeah. If they would have done the entire movie in the vein of the first ten minutes, yeah. it would have been entertaining. It would have been sure. crazy. Yeah. I think crazier than it is. I think Caster uh, being a priest and dancing in the convention center <laughs> is a great moment. Yeah, I've seen that gift so many times, and I was like, what is this from? I yeah. never would have guessed in a million years that that was the context. <laughs> that is pretty solid. All right. Uh, recast. What do you guys think? Scott, I think you mentioned you had a good one. No, that I haven't. Oh, you, oh okay. Past and in, in present chris evans (laughs) oh yeah yeah i really don't think that you can like this is the perfect awful cast and like because it's such a terrible movie that it's not like if you pick a bunch of good actors it's gonna be any better so it's just like the bonkers nick cage trying to be john travolta i don't think anybody else works here's my recast it's a sequel to twins you bring back arnold schwarzenegger and danny devito they are pretty similar in height (laughs) And you have them do it. And switch off. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger's face on Danny DeVito's body. <laughs> Can that be the Photoshop? That would be great. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I, I I think that the caster recast could be even funnier, though, and hard for another actor to, like, pull off. Uh, I would recast uh, Caster Pollux as uh, uh, Jason Manzukis. Who's he again? Uh, he was from the league. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's that would be like Caster, the, the crazy hair. Caster. Okay, just because he's like he has that like uh, that super insane personality, yeah. you know, that yeah, he yeah, can yeah. pull off really well. He pretty much plays Caster Troy in Parks and Recreation. Yeah, yeah, like, he kind of pretty does. much a villain in that show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I would say Caster, and then his uh, like uh, um, Pollock could be like. Someone like, because it would have to be obviously someone brown because of Jason Manzukis' mm-hmm. skin tone. So maybe someone like Aziz could be Pollux. I would love that. Uh, and just like Do really, a comedy. like really lean into the the like bizarreness of it. Like still like an action comedy, but mm-hmm. like yeah, kind of like, like a rush hour. Yeah, lean more into the comedy than the action. Uh, I would love to see Aziz in that. Yeah, totally. And then for the, for the, uh, I don't know, for the, for uh, Sean Archer, it might be funny to try and see, because Sean is obviously the straight man in this comedy, in this, you know. Mm-hmm. So it would, it might be kind of funny to see, uh, it might be kind of funny to see uh, Keegan Michael Key try and be a straight man. Mm. I feel like that could be pretty fun. I don't know if I can top that, but the the idea that I had was if they made almost like a disaster artist type movie for this, where we have like Seth Rogen and James Franco play the two leads, but the movie is about them making the movie. Mm. And so James Franco is Nick Cage playing Caster Troy. Yeah. That kind of thing. But it's very like, it's very uh, disaster artist meets uh, the dictator or not the dictator. The, uh, what was the, 
the assassination one. This uh, yeah. I don't remember the name of that movie. Oh, the interview. The interview. The interview. Yeah, yeah. So it's very, very disaster artist meets the interview. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I think I, I, I think we've agreed it has to be a comedy. I think so. We, we can't I, remake this movie as a action. I think drama. it has to be the action drama. I, I think it, action. Like I feel like it would be way worse to watch this as an action comedy. If you could just make it a little more ridiculous and a little less draggy. I think that's the only way that this would be good if it was like if it leaned into the ridiculousness and made it a comedy. Maybe. I'm just trying to think of two actors that look alike. Well, it's not like Nick Cage and John that's Travolta true. look alike. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> At <laughs> <There's> all. <a laughs> moment or similar bone structure at least. <laughs> They don't have that either. Yeah. There's a moment and you made a comment out when uh, Pollock says like, uh, oh, who has the good looks in the family now? Yeah. yeah. You're like, John Travolta is so much better looking than Nick Cage. (laughs) Why Uh, do they think he's so much uglier now? I have no clue why Nick Cage thinks he's so hot in this movie. (laughs) I guess if we were going, if it had to be an action, I guess uh, I would pick one of the Hemsworth brothers, probably Liam as uh, Sean Archer. Like Liam's like kind of like a Boy Scout like type mm-hmm. person, and uh, for Caster, uh, if this was still just an action drama, I just don't know. I feel like Caster has to be a little insane, and I don't. I can't think of a popular action actor right now that could do insane. I would do uh, George Clooney, and uh, George Clooney today. <laughs> Sure. How old is George Clooney today? I have no clue. 50 something. Yeah, he's in his 50s. Who, and, uh, who's he playing? Caster or is he Sean? He would be playing Sean. Okay. That makes sense. And then uh, I would. 60. Uh, wow. I'm, I'm doing uh, Batman. Uh, who's uh, Michael, Christian Bale? Michael, Michael Keaton? Keaton? No, 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 no. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck? Of the Riddler. Val Kilmer. No, the Riddler. Why can't Jack I Jack Nicholson? Name? No, no, no. Jared Leto? Walking Phoenix? Who played the Riddler? Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> the Riddler. Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey as uh, as Caster. All right. Well, oh, I, mean, I was guessing Jokers, wasn't I? You were guessing yeah. Jokers. Yeah, there was a whole lot of names being thrown around, and I was like, "You, you <laughs> were trying Clooney to connect with I me." Knew they weren't going to get it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You said I'm thinking Batman, and then and then got to Dumb and Dumber, and George Clooney's already a Batman. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, Batman Forever, the yeah. best Batman. Um. <laughs> I you know, honestly, that's not bad. Like I, I don't know about George Clooney, but I could see Jim Carrey as caster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually a really good pick. Like, cause he, he is trying to do more and more, uh, and has done a lot more dramas. Um, but you know, he, he's good at it, but he plays that insanity really well. And mm-hmm. caster kind of has the Lloyd Christmas haircut almost. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, it's kind of funny that you brought up uh, Jim Carrey, though, because uh, the uh, the guy who wrote this movie, uh, Mike uh, Mike Werb, also wrote The Mask. Mm. What about like a Matt Damon and Jim Carrey? Mm. No, you know who you know who might pull it off though. To be honest, and mm. and everyone's gonna laugh at me, and Scott's gonna love it. Chris Evans and Jim Carrey. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think Chris Evans plays like <laughs> I don't know, your reaction and you're like waiting. I thought you were just gonna leave Tyler High and Dry there. <laughs> I thought we were just gonna play out. <laughs> 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 
This one doesn't even get a rating. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll, we'll spin up the servers. Uh, I think they've just been up uh, since uh, for a week. So we should probably pay the electrical bill. Yeah, it's really, Zach, you're, it's really hot you're the accountant here, right? I thought that was Dan. No, Dan's was HR. Dan's HR. I thought he was whatever. Zach, we have you not been be. paying our bills? No. I <laughs> the power is just going to cut off like now. Maybe that's why our stuff posts a day late sometimes is because the electrical, <laughs> the electrical bill. The electric company is like, I'm just going to pause this right here uh-huh. and then I'll let it go tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right, Zach, what do you, uh, what do you rate this movie? I'm going to give it a 4.8 diabetic villains. <laughs> Scott, I'm going to give it 4.2 little boy. Wee wee rooms. <laughs> Jake, I'm going to give it four surprise adopted sons. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And I'm going to give this, uh, 3.9, uh, friends who don't know their blood type. well that's more than that's at this table (laughs) all right so this movie came out to a 42 percent on uh rotten potatoes that makes sense yeah uh i like though that as we go on uh we're getting like narrower and narrower in our like collective scores Mm -hmm. like we don't we're having fewer outliers uh so 42 percent on rotten potatoes uh just as the 90 just as a reminder of 92 from the other guys and a 7.3 from imdb this is the first time we've disagreed so strongly with imdb what did imdb give like napoleon dynamite i don't remember 6.9 i think yeah 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 uh but n- certainly worse than this. I, I think Napoleon Dynamite is is objectively worse than just, just about every other movie. I don't sure. know if we'll come up with another movie we absolutely should have seen that is worse than Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Just as a reminder, just as a reminder for us and our Todds, we gave Napoleon Dynamite a 27%. Okay. Which is ob- like by a long shot what, our worst rated. Do you movie. have all of our individual ratings there? What did I rate it? On Napoleon? Yeah. Uh 1.7. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh Zach rated it a four. Jig wow. rated it a three. I rated it a two point two. Zach loved that movie. And you gave this one a four point what? <laughs> eight. Four point eight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I clearly loved it because I gave it a four out of ten. <laughs> I mean it was more than any of us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so other than Napoleon Dynamite, this is our lowest rated film uh, that we've done so far, which mm-hmm. I think is very well deserving. Yeah, I would say this is for sure the second worst film we watched. Join us uh, next week uh, as we take we tackle my movie, another Quentin Tarantino film, Django Unchained. And uh, with that, Zach, do you have any final thoughts for us? Mm-hmm. Are you going to share those with us? Yeah, just give me a second. <laughs>